0: Hello everyone, what is up? Welcome once again to the Jace Heranca podcast. And today we are talking about Westworld Season 2. And yes, this is the review and the recap for the entire season 2 of Westworld. The title of uh this entire season is The Door. Uh, of course, we know Westworld season 1 was one of the best, I would say one of the best TV shows of all time. Um, it I would put it in the same category as Game of Thrones as Sopranos as The Wire as Breaking Bad it's really such a great TV shows they had a lot of revelations but they had of course two main revelations that I did not expect the ending was kind of predictable but still very shocking they ended with the bang literally also you will feel that season 2 will have a much different world from the ending of season 1 so the question is: Could they live up to the expectations that they built for themselves by creating such an excellent season one? It is. It, it, it's of course. It's of course not going to be easy for them. But you know, with this review and recap, uh, let's let's find out. As always, we are going to cover uh, three things. First one will be a non-spoiler review of the entire season two. And then we're of course gonna go to the spoiler review, which I will signal by saying spoiler alert three times. And then finally we are gonna go to the all-important Jace ratings. What is my score for this for each episode and also for the entire season two? My score, of course, ranges from one to one hundred percent, and we're gonna compare that to other uh, critic slash you know aggregate websites such as Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, Metacritic, IGN. So let's go ahead. Let's let's start. Before we start, please do support my podcast. Give us a 5-star rating on your favorite podcast platform. Also, the best way you can support us is a direct donation via PayPal. This will be a very big help for us. Any amount would do. The PayPal donate link is in the description page of this episode. And so now we go to the non-spoiler review of... The entire season two of Westworld. All in all, season two is not as great as season one, but it's still great. It's a it's definitely one of those TV shows that uh the sort of the bad episode or the worst episode of Westworld is still better than many episodes of all other TV shows around. It's uh season two is a very good uh, general uh TV show. With drama, action, some comedy, a little bit of psychology, intrigue, uh, good dialogue, and a big twist ending. However, this is unlike Season 1, which is largely psychological. It's very deep. It has multiple twists that a lot of people, actually, including me, did not see coming. It was definitely superior to Season 2 and uh, many other TV shows out there. So, yeah... Um, What I'm saying is Season 2 is still a very good TV show. It's still great. But it's really, I would even say, miles ahead compared or miles, you know, miles inferior compared to Season 1, which is miles ahead to Season 2. But still, still a very, very, very good um, show. Anyway, now, I would have to give you my... Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert three times because we are now going to talk about um, Season 2 and really we are going to discuss every episode. We are going into a deep dive. So, here it is. By the way, I think that the overall title of Season 2 should have been Westworld, Rise of the Machines. Um... We, of course, start with Season 2, Episode 1. The title of this episode is uh, Journey Into Night. This is, of course, the reference to the title of the new narrative given by Dr. Ford himself in his final speech. Um, Of course, we know Dr. Ford Ford is Anthony Hopkins. Um, He was, of course, shot during Season 1, during the finale by Dolores. I think the title, Journey Tonight, means now it is nighttime. Or um, in, in in the world of Game of Thrones, winter is here. Now the host can kill the guests. It's this is serious now. Now there's real stakes and you could really die if you are a human being. So this the season starts with Bernard lying on a beach, and then the military arrive with Charlotte Hope. Bernard seems very dizzy and distraught, and everyone. You know, all the other military people and Charlotte and the other sort of Dallas guards, they are concerned about him. But then we go to a flashback. In the hours that followed the massacre of the Dallas board members, uh, Bernard, Charlotte, and a few other board members hid in a barn. But then a farm boy entered the, v- the barn who seems actually very innocent, even harmless. Uh, the, the farm boy looks like he would he would feed the animals. However, the board members killed the farm boy using farm tools despite Bernard shouting that he's only a boy. Season 1 was like a psychological Western Terminator, but this time they are adding a lot of this new elements. Um, what's happening here is this element is like a war movie that questions the morality of the characters. In war, there are, of course, innocent men, women, and children on the other side. So the question is, if there are innocent men and women and children on the other side, would you hurt them or not? And if you you don't hurt them, how sure are you that they would not hurt you? There are, of course, no easy answers to this question. And the season, and I would say season two and moving forward this is now an us versus them uh situation it's now humans versus machines humans versus hosts so bernard charlotte and the board of members the board, the board members escape the barn to look for an entrance um into the office or or the let's just call it the admin area it's like it's i think there's one it's one of those things we're in there's like secret um, entrances inside inside the the office or the admin area uh, underground in which let's say you can just you can push this rock and uh, like an elevator with gumal there's a, there's a lot of that in the theme park. Um, and obviously it's Charlotte and Bernard who know how to like locate these things. So event Eventually, uh, the other board members were actually shot down and killed. And uh, Bernard and Charlotte were able to escape. And they took a shelter in one of those underground bunkers. It's, this is where they actually started locating the decommissioned Peter Abernathy, the father of Dolores. And they also um, secured some aid. This is also where we see uh, some new creatures which were those creepy faceless humanoid looking hosts that were muscular and all white Uh, they look like hosts who do not have skin it's actually those are actually very very creepy also after ford's death dolores has embarked on a bloody campaign to hunt the survivors there was a cool scene it was a slow motion scene dolores was on 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 the horse while the board the while the board members wearing of course designer suits and designer dresses, they were running on the field while Dolores shoots them actually. And then like we see there was a scene where I think she shot she she shot a woman and blood exploded and sprayed on the air as uh, as you know, as as the bullet hits 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 one of the board members. It was a very cool scene, but very of course very violent scene she told teddy her programming has caused her two personas to merge and that she has greater plans for the host so basically she is a farm girl uh, dolores and also a ruthless killer wyatt uploaded into one but her personas merge meaning she is not like a split personality disorder Uh, she is actually fully aware of her two personas that exist and there is really no need to shift between one persona into another this is not like a again a split personality jekyll and hyde um, incredible hulk Hulk situation wherein it needs to to sort of uh, there's need a shift no she's like she's Literally Dolores, the sweet farm girl, and freaking Wyatt, the, 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 the ruthless killer of the theme park. Maeve recruits Hector and forces Lee, the theme park screenwriter, to help her find her daughter. Maeve is actually a great character and I'm surprised she works really well with comic relief characters like Lee, uh, Felix, and Sylvester. And then we also get an update on William, who also survived the massacre. Um, William encounters the young Robert Robert Ford host, who who revealed that a a game designed just for William has started. And the young Robert Ford is even more chilling now. Unfortunately, he only has one scene in the entire season. He is talking in this uh, distorted child-slash- our robot voice and then we go back to the present time a security team sent by Delos to reassert control over Westworld finds Bernard and enlists his help in investigating a series of anomalies the investigation leads them to a lagoon filled with hundreds of dead hosts that Bernard claims to have been killed all in all, great first episode to the season. It was very entertaining, and you can somehow you can somehow feel this would be a more action-packed season. I was just concerned who should be the hero uh, in the show that the audience is supposed to to cheer on and the hero that the audience is supposed to follow. We know, of course, Bernard is a machine the heroes of season one um namely of course bernard dolores william and teddy they are now villains and although you feel like william would thrive in this new world ed harris of course brings a lot of gravitas to to this character to any character he plays actually he's like an old school western hero like john wayne or clint Eastwood. so again even of course william is not a hero of course so are we supposed to really just root for Maeve is Maeve the hero um, that the audience is supposed to cheer for by the way shout out to all the, f- the professional wrestling fans out there because I'm gonna give a pro wrestling reference here related to Westworld in pro wrestling heroes are called baby faces or faces and villains are actually called heels and so when a hero becomes a villain they call it a heel turn and of course when a villain becomes a hero they call that a baby face turn or a face turn so essentially William Bernard Dolores and even Teddy by joining Dolores all did a heel turn in season one it's only Maeve who hasn't really done a heel turn in season one although we know that she is of course fully capable of waging war against the humans unless she doesn't really have an intention to like i don't feel that Maeve has the urge to serial murder humans unlike Dolores slash Wyatt my worry is if there are no heroes for the fans to root for then they wouldn't care about watching the show there's already very few good people or even you know good good hosts good characters in the show And the personality of many characters are interchangeable because they are basically just programs that need to be uploaded to to the host bodies. Even the real human characters who died can be brought back as a host. And if that is the case, there are no real stakes. You don't really care who lives or who dies. And I think it it will be very hard to sustain a show like that. Anyway, we now go to the Jace ratings for episode 1. I give it a score of 88%, IMDB gave it a score of 8.2 out of 10, IGN gave it a score of 8.3 out of 10, and Rotten Tomatoes gave it 87%, which means my 88% for for Season 1, Episode 1, I mean Season 2, Episode 1, definitely I am the cool professor who gave the highest grade. With a score of 88%. So now, we actually go to Season 2, Episode 2, titled Reunion. Uh, we see a flashback. Arnold organizes a demonstration of the hosts to convince Logan to invest in Westworld. It was actually a very cool scene. Um, it was... So Angela and Akichita, the, the host... Who was also the the leader of the Ghost Nation? They were gonna do a presentation for Logan, so they brought him into this very fancy sort of corner of the hotel. Somebody's playing the piano, people are talking, they are drinking, you know, wine, and like it's a very fancy place. And uh, Logan, of course, was mind blown to realize that everyone around him was was a host, and of course the punchline of this presentation is when suddenly everyone stopped, including Angela and Akichita, the person presenting to him. And so that is when Logan actually realized that this is in fact a private, quote unquote private demonstration, like what Akichita and Angela said, because it's literally it's literally maybe the only private presentation ever in in corporate in um in the history of business because he's the only one experiencing it he's the only human experiencing it So very very cool scene and so logan's father james delos is critical of his son's actions until william persuades him that the park can actually be used to spy on the guest this was something they talked about and foreshadowed way back in season one um to, re- to- Theresa Cullen said something like, the steam park is one thing for the guests, another for management, and something totally different for the investors. William said that the entire park is actually an experiment, and the hosts are the control. The guests are the subjects. We were told in Season 1 only the richest people could afford Westworld. There is, of course, certainly value in knowing the hidden desires and psychological tendencies of the richest, most powerful people in the world. However, in our real world, we hear this news that big companies like websites and online retailers and social media are actually collecting our data and using it against us. It's not even a conspiracy theory at this point. Most people already know and accept it they are they quote unquote they are watching us it's creepy that this big companies know so much data about us Um, at the same time I actually wouldn't mind if websites only run ads about products that I actually uh, like and that I actually use instead of the 90% of ads maybe even 95% of ads which are products that I have no plans of buying so anyway james proceeds to buy the theme park and name william as his successor dolores encounters an embittered logan during presumably um, this flashback wherein william is the new ceo it's like the celebration wherein william is the new ceo and uh, of course dolores encounters william he actually tells her that they have doomed humanity and william shows her a special project that he is constructing within the theme park Uh, going back to the present day dolores decides to recruit the confederados to her cause and reveals she is searching for the valley beyond which houses a weapon that can be used against humans as we know the weapon dolores is talking about is the psychological data of all the of all the guests Um, this is, of course, a very, very modern concept. Information is the modern-day weapon. William rescues Lawrence once again. You know, he always, he always just loves hanging out with Lawrence, just re- rescuing him from death every time. And they head to Pariah to recruit the host who is currently playing El Lazo, who is, of course, uh, Lawrence's previous character. Um, El Lazo, however, passes on a message from Ford stating that William must complete the game on his own. And he and his gang then commit mass suicide to prevent William from recruiting them. Um, It was actually kind of a cheesy scene that felt very video game because William is essentially playing a video game in, in this entire season. Undeterred by the setback, William continues on his quest to destroy his greatest mistake. Um, I presume this is, of course, Dolores. Uh, all in all, for Season 2, Episode 2, it's actually kind of scary that we live in a world where the big reveal in this episode is that Delos is collecting uh, psychological data of guests. But we, the audience, are not shocked because real companies in our real world do that too. Um, this was a fun episode, but not very deep or psychological, which is what we expect from Westworld. There are also um, no action scenes. Uh, so I gave episode 2 season two, of season 2 a Jace ratings of 78%. IMDB gave it a score of 8.1 out of 10, IGN gave it 8.8 out of 10, and Rotten Tomatoes is once again the cool professor who gives the highest score of 95%. And, and so now we go to Season 2, Episode 3, titled Virtu... E Fortuna. Vertu e Fortuna. I hope that is the correct explanation. So the title is actually a Machiavellian principle. It translates to virtue and fortune but for Machiavelli, uh, he has a very different interpretation of these two words. For him, virtue is the ability of the reader to be as harsh or the ability of a leader to be as harsh or as good as possible, depending on the situation that arises. But this is opposed by fortuna, which is uh, chance or fortune. But of course, chance and fortune is something that we can't control. However, we can overcome fortuna with enough virtue. And, you know, I actually like that. It's very good uh, food for thought for all of us. The episode began with two attractive people, uh, one man, one woman, who were guests at a British Raj-themed park. The scene was too long and as beautiful as the actors are and as beautiful as the set is, it went too long and got me bored because we don't know these characters yet. Later, the woman flees uh, from Rogue Hosts. And escape into Westworld where she is actually surrounded by the Ghost Nation. Um, And then we go to Charlotte and Bernard. They track down the decommissioned Peter Abernathy, uh, the father of Dolores, only to be caught by the Confederados and actually separated. Dolores, who has secured support from the Confederados leader, um, Major uh, Craddock, or Cradock, let's just call him Cradock or Cradock. Let's just call him Cradock, you know. Major Cradock discovers that Peter is actually m- malfunctioning, so now Peter is in the hands of Dolores again. So Dolores discovers Peter is malfunctioning his father and actually orders Bernard to find the problem and solve the, f- the problem. I think the actress. Evan Rachel Wood, I believe, is doing her very best in this series. And she has actually done great work. And this is truly a unique acting performance by all the hosts uh, in the show. Every scene where someone is interviewing a host is like an audition for an acting director. However, her scene with her father, who was, of course, kidnapped and tortured by the human overlords, shows how much better she is as an actor for the role of a sympathetic daughter compared to the role of a ruthless murderer. I would give her Dolores slash robot acting a Jace ratings of 90% and I would give her Wyatt acting a Jay's ratings of 70%. Anyway, going back, in doing so, he learns that Peter is being tracked by an unknown entity and so now, a battle ensues between the Confederados and Dolores' men and the security forces, you know, the modern security slash modern military of Delos. Um, the Dol- Dolores actually sacrificed most of the Confederados, showing that she is, in fact, as dirty and as heartless as they come. This was a... Um, this was a good action scene actually, um, 1800s cowboys versus modern military. I'm sure that was a, a um, fantasy that I had when I was a kid. Dolores and her allies proceed to battle the security team which um, Charlotte actually used as a distraction to abduct Peter. This is also where we find out Dolores seems to be bulletproof. Although she still bleeds and bullets puncture puncture her skin, cause the the Dallas military military slash security tried to shoot her, but she just you know she just bleeds from her shoulders and her chest, and she's essentially bulletproof. Uh, Maeve, Hector, and Lee reunite with Armistice, Felix, and Sylvester um, after an attack orchestrated by the Ghost Nation hosts. Forces them to return to the underground levels. The, the group re-entered the park only for a samurai host to charge at them. This is actually a good ending to the episode. And uh, once again, overall, this episode... Episode three has again good action scenes, but not a lot of great dialogue and psychology. Also, it has good ending. Obviously, it's very intriguing what we get from those um, from the samurai hosts that are now a thing in the show. Uh, Jace ratings for season two, episode three is seventy percent. IMDB gave it a score of 8 out of 10 and IGN gave a quite similar score of 8.1 out of 10 and what do you know Rotten Tomatoes gave it a score of 100% it's a perfect TV show episode so anyway and so now we go to season 2 episode 4 the title of this episode is The Riddle of the Sphinx and the riddle goes like this So the Sphinx asks all the passers-by the most famous question or the most famous riddle in history uh, in which uh, the Sphinx asks which creature has one voice and yet becomes four-footed and two-footed and three-footed. And if you think your school teacher was strict, the Sphinx would actually strangle and devour anyone who could not answer this riddle. Oedipus solved the riddle by answering man, who crawls on all fours as a baby and then walks on two feet as an adult and then uses a walking stick in old age. It was said there was also a second riddle. Um, The riddle is there are two sisters, one gives birth the other and she in turn gives birth to the first who are the two sisters and the answer is day and night um the sphinx who is defeated at last uh threw herself from her high rock and died and there's also an alternate version tells that uh, the sphinx devoured herself um in both cases Oedipus helped in the transition between the old religious practices represented by the death of the Sphinx and the rise of the new Olympian gods and this is of course scary for the humans in the Westworld universe actually even in our own world with the rise of AI and machine learning in our world the Sphinx can represent human beings but eventually another being could rise and be better than humans. This is, of course, uh, represented by the hosts. Oedipus is the person that helped overcome the sphinx, the sphinx, which could be Dolores or Bernard or Maeve, or maybe Dr. Ford has already sort of pushed the first domino, and humans are destined to be doomed. Anyway, a series of flashbacks reveal that William and uh, James attempt to recreate uh, james delos's consciousness in a host body to achieve immortality however the experiment repeatedly failed and william shut it down we later found out this is the fidelity test and it seems to be something that will be important for the rest of the series uh, moving forward Bernard finds himself in a cave in an isolated section of Westworld. He, disco- he discovers Elsie Use chained up inside, having abandoned her uh, there while operating under Ford's influence. I was so happy to see Elsie Use. I think she is a smart and strong character. My only criticism in the scene is Elsie looks very healthy and very well. <laughs> Couldn't they just maybe apply some dust on her cheeks or something? It seems she has been here for like a few days now, maybe even weeks. I know she said that Bernard left him with like protein bars and like a bucket of water to survive, but even that is pretty contrived. Anyway, understandably, she was very much scared of Bernard, but... Bernard was able to explain that he is only under the program of Ford and that's why he did what he did. I think this is also where Elsie found out Bernard is a host. They explore a hidden bunker in the cave and find the insane uh, host that is modeled after James Delos. Bernard recalls that Ford had him retrieve the control unit of a second host-human hybrid but cannot recall for whom it was intended. In the park, William and Lawrence returned to Lawrence's home to find it overrun by Craddock and the surviving confederados. I couldn't believe Craddock was still an a-hole after Dolores uh, sort of one-upped him. Um, I thought he would be a kinder person. I guess I'm still like Dolores in season 1 who sees the beauty in the world. Anyway... Craddock torments the other hosts, including Lawrence's family. It was an awesome Western scene from William, a.k.a. Ed Harris, um, shooting everyone of Craddock's men, and then letting Craddock drink nitroglycerin, and then letting Lawrence shoot him as his body explodes. What a great Tarantino-esque revenge Western scene. And then speaking through the daughter of Lawrence, Ford Warns William that one good deed does not redeem him William rides west with the townspeople uh, Where actually they met Grace the lady we met at the British Raj themed park during the first scene Of the previous episode who reveals herself to be William's daughter Emily Grace This was a pretty fun episode with Elsie and Bernard reuniting with the mystery of the fidelity scene, the very Western, very tarantino esque scene with William and uh, Craddock, and the last scene, which reveals that William's daughter is inside the theme park. So for Westworld season two, episode four, I give this a Jace ratings of 90%. IMDV uh, gave it nine out of 10, and Rotten Tomatoes gave it a score of 95 uh, percent and uh, now we go to season two episode five and so this is of course now the title for this episode is Akane Mai, which means the dance of Akane in Westworld Dolores questions what to do with Teddy uh, during the scene where they fought the theme park security and uh, where she actually sacrificed uh cradock's men teddy was the one who actually gave mercy to cradock and his men letting them escape i thought this was actually teddy's redeeming moment that he might be the reluctant hero of this story um <laughs> i even had that cheesy cliche scene in my mind wherein teddy was the one who would kill dolores in the end but she concludes that he is a decent person but his decency make him a liability and has him rec- reprogrammed against his will to be as evil as possible. Maeve's party is captured and escorted into a shogunate themed park called Shogun World. Wow, how many hours did they come up with that name, huh? Shogun World? Anyway... They are taken to a nearby town where they met Akane, a geisha who plays a similar similar role to Maeve. They also met a lady archer named Hanario who is similar to Armistice and a swordsman named Musashi who is similar to Hector. They even entered the town with the robbery of Akane's geisha home similar to Hector or to how Hector robbed Maeve's saloon especially back in season 1. Akane negotiates with a local shogun who wants to permanently buy one of her ladies uh, Sakura. Akane kills the shogun to my surprise and also once again to my surprise they decided not to leave immediately and instead decide to leave at night which is a horrible decision on their part and horrible screenwriting So then ninjas attacked Akane's geisha brothel to kidnap Sakura, the young geisha. Akane has come to love and the shogun leader uh, wanted to buy Sakura permanently. Samurai sent by the shogun attacked the town and during the attack Maeve forces a ninja to kill himself without voicing a command. So basically Maeve has this ability that so far only... I believe only Ford had, back in Season 1, it's that telepathic ability to control hosts. So the Shogun started calling her a witch. We also find out there is a rivalry between Musashi, who was a former second-in-command in in the Shogun army, and Tanaka, the person who replaced him in, in this position. And so Maeve, Akane, and Lee infiltrate the Shogun camp to rescue sakura and find the shogun leader uh, is actually damaged and unstable uh, the shogun leader said something like sakura is a great dancer but the best dancer he ever saw was akane especially when akane was young so shockingly she actually mur- the shogun leader murdered sakura what a du- what a douchebag also it's that's a pretty weird fetish right there murdering the other lady just so you can watch uh, the other lady to dance solo. It's weird fetish right there. Despite being distraught and grieving, Akane considers Sakura her daughter. Uh, anyway, she actually started dancing. And it was actually a great dance performance. A great dance performance. It was not even sexy at all. Um, and so, during the dance, Akane got closer and closer to the shogun lead leader, which... If I was one of the guards or one of the show's uh, screenwriter this would not happen and um, yeah and of course what happened is as Akane got closer and closer to the shogun leader she of course stabs the side of the shogun leaders head and slices it all the way back uh, from his head from one cheek to another all the way to the back of his head and of course this is uh, it's much worse than the scars of Joker. Maeve again uses her seemingly telepathic abilities uh, to force the samurai to kill each other, and the show or the shogun to kill each other. As an independent story that stands on its own, this Akane story is great. But as part of a TV show episode, it's as if the show took a break for this special episode this is what shows like legends of tomorrow and family guy does it's like a gimmick episode surprisingly i did enjoy this one it's like a fun little side mission in a video game before we go back to the main story uh also i'm pretty sure cowboys versus ninjas was also a childhood fantasy that i had when i was a kid so for this episode for westworld season 5 episode 5, which actually I mean season 2, episode 5, which of course marks the halfway point, the midpoint of the season. I gave this episode Jace ratings of 87%. IMDB gave it a score of 7.9 out of 10, and Rotten Tomatoes gave it 90%. And now we go to the second half of this season. And as you see, not really a lot of big big twists or big uh, story beats have happened. And this is, again, what I, like what I said earlier, uh, definitely Season 1 is more superior compared to Season 2. Anyway, Season 2, Episode 6... Uh, The start of the second half of the season is titled Face Space. Maeve and her group help Akane mourn the death of Sakura. This is also where we see Musashi versus Tanaka have a duel, which was built very well even if we only knew these characters for two episodes. It feels like a rivalry that uh, brewed for years. Great scene when Maeve let the old rivalry play out instead of telepathically uh, controlling the sword fighting. Uh, and so again, great sword fighting scene. Of course, Musashi wins. But Maeve's group uh, leave via the tunnels after the, the Musashi fight. Akane and Musashi decide to stay behind while the Shogun version of Armistice uh, joined them. Going back to Westworld, Maeve finds her daughter Anna but discovers another host is playing her mother and it was a bittersweet scene. Definitely, it was even more heartbreaking when the Ghost Nation attacked. I thought her daughter would die in front of her again. However, um, Akichita, who is the leader of the Ghost Nation, asked Maeve to follow him. Charlotte and Ashley uh, brought back peter to the mesa and signal for extraction bringing a group of mercenaries that take over from the delos security team dolores and her group use the train filled with explosives to blow their way into the mesa to look for peter and then bernard and elsie return to the mesa together and find that something in the cradle the central repository of host data has hijacked The park's system. Bernard uses a host interface machine to insert himself directly into the cradle and within the space modeled after Sweetwater, Bernard finds Robert waiting for him and I don't understand the cradle yet. It seems to be a dream world or a VR world where all the hosts minds are uh, floating. Uh, Not the best episode so far of the season but great sword fighting scene and a uh, great mother daughter drama with Maeve TV ratings wise though this marks a series low in viewership which of course is not good Jay's ratings for this episode for episode 6 is 87% IMDb gave it 8.2 uh, and Rotten Tomatoes gave it 97% At this point IGN I don't know if it's IGN that like they stopped they stopped rating the show uh, but yeah, I couldn't find the IGN per episode ratings of Westworld anymore. So I guess they stopped it here. Uh, at the same time that the series marks it, it's a uh, low series, low in viewership. Anyway, we now go to Westworld season 2, episode 7. The title is a French word pronounced Le Corche or Le a corche, which means flakes there was a cool scene where they find a group of inactive hosts stored like brand new toys they were even covered in plastic uh, these hosts were all Bernard's and uh, so Strand uh, Charlotte and um, Ashley Stubbs discover Bernard as a host and interrogate him about Dolores' attack on the Mesa I actually thought there were two or more Bernards running around, that's why season 2 is actually quite confusing. We of course find out in the finale there are just two timelines running, and um, I'll obviously explain that a bit later. In flashback, Bernard finds Ford's persona among the other hosts' backup memories in the Cradle. Ford reveals that Westworld was an attempt to digitalize consciousness and reach immortality for human beings. Ford imprints himself on on Bernard's control unit and exits the simulation where he has Bernard aid in uh, the takeover of Dolores of the Mesa. Uh, We had some great action here as it is the attack of Dolores' gang in the Mesa itself. It's basically cowboys versus modern security forces, which is, again, probably one of my childhood fantasies at some point. Um, Angela kills herself to destroy the cradle, while Dolores finds Peter and extracts his control unit. In the park, Maeve hides with her daughter from Akichita but is found by William. Who thinks she is another test sent by Ford. She turn, he turns his men against him until Delos forces arrive. Uh, they kill Lawrence and incapac- incapacitate Maeve. The Ghost Nation ride off with uh, Anna, Maeve's daughter. Lee has Maeve returned to the Mesa where Dolores warns her that her memories of her daughter are uh, another means of controlling her. In the present, Bernard reveals Peter's control unit is in the valley beyond, whatever that means. Um, I think this is also the scene where, in William, sort of got shot multiple times, but um, he didn't die, which is, of course, a very, very, very unusual. Uh, Great action with Dolores attacking the Mesa. And of course, great dramatic scene between Maeve and her daughter. uh, And of course, also William and Akichita. My worry is Westworld is starting to feel like a regular TV show, especially at this point. It's still a good show, superior to many shows, but it's not as smart and as deep and as psychological as Season 1. Especially since Season 1, Episode 7... Was the strongest episode of the series so far. And that includes season 2. So yeah. It also had an improvement in TV ratings for this episode. With uh, 1.1 in the previous episode. And this one has a rating of 1.39. So that's pretty good jump there. However, for the Jace ratings for, for this episode... Season 2 episode 7 I gave it a score of 85%. IMDb gave it 8.6 and Rotten Tomatoes gave it 88% and um it's like I think it's although I gave the lowest score I think it's like we're all in the similar ballpark you know I gave 85% Rotten Tomatoes gave it 88% and of course IMDb gave 8.6 out of 10. And then we go to Season 2, Episode 8, titled Kiksuya, which means remember in the language used by the Ghost Nation tribe. There was a scene one or two episodes ago where Emily tried to make amends with her father, William. She said that blaming him for her mother's death was wrong and that even William does not deserve that burden that um, his wife died because of him she basically wants to convince william to leave this place and go back to the real world um if 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 you remember alice in wonderland was a book given by arnold to dolores in season one i think william is you know just like alice william is in too deep in this world in this rabbit hole and it's almost impossible to convince him to leave uh one night william and his men left emily while she was sleeping uh definitely william is not father of the year william was actually you know shot down multiple times in the previous episode again it's kind of weird that he is still alive william is found by a Kichita and taken to the ghost nation um this could be an explanation wherein presumably the ghosts it was implied that the ghost nation sort of Uh, treated his injuries but i like i don't know how far can uh can um can native american tribes really cure a a gunshot wound emily arrives in the ghost nation territory and persuades him to let her take william his father promising that he will definitely suffer more with her than with the ghost nation and that is true because it means William has to face the real world if she goes with Emily. He will eventually be free but he will suffer a lot first if he goes with her daughter. Maeve is taken for analysis as Lee hopes she can be used to control the other hosts but Charlotte discovers that she has been consciously or yeah, consciously accessing the Westworld network to communicate with and re- reprogram the other hosts. Maeve is starting to be really overpowered in the show, but it still works and makes sense given the narrative of, of the entire show of Westworld. In the Ghost Nation camp, Akichita tells his story to Maeve's daughter. Uh, prior to the uprising, he lived a pretty peaceful life, just a normal you know, family life with 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 his other fellow Native Americans in the community. Until he discovered the maze symbol and inadvertent inadvertently started down the path to sentience. Uh, of course, there was also that thing wherein the members of the Native American hosts were updated at the park or at the at the mesa. To make them more of you know to make them more um, action-packed and attack other hosts and attack other guests again they were like their their programs were updated to make them more entertaining for the guest after an encounter with uh, Logan Delos and the discovery of the valley beyond he concludes that his life is not his own and plans an escape when his partner you know that seems actually uh, wrong i think who he encounters was not logan delos but actually ford and so that's when he concludes that his life is not his own and plans an escape and then when his partner kohana is taken by the park technician and decommissioned akichita this dedicates himself to spreading the maze symbol as a warning to other hosts it is revealed that Maeve has been connected to her daughter during the analysis and that Akichita has been communicating with her. And then the raiding parties were intended to save hosts who promises Maeve he will lead to the valley beyond. He, implor- he implores Maeve to stay behind and complete her mission before Dolores destroys them all. We don't see a lot of of movies anymore about Native Americans. Although I don't think this one really represents the culture uh, in particular, it's more about family and love and how the human overlords affect that by replacing their family members with new hosts, which they brilliantly labeled as ghosts, hence the name Ghost Nation. I actually like this episode because now we understand the Ghost Nation more. They are not just a faction that we should be scared about. This episode also has a TV ratings improvement uh, with 144 from the last episodes, 139. And so Jay's ratings for this episode, episode 8, is 88%. And IMDB gave it a score of 9.2 out of 10. And Rotten Tomatoes gave them a score of 95%. And uh, yeah, it's pretty... Pretty high scores from all of us, even if I am the strict professor who gave the lowest score of 88%. But that's still pretty high in my, in, my, in my book, you know. And then we go now to the penultimate episode, which is the episode before the finale. Season 2, episode 9, titled Vanishing Point. As Emily treats William's wounds, she asks him why her mother, Juliet, committed suicide and then we get a flashback Juliet is shown to have killed herself after she viewed a file detailing all of William's uh, actions inside Westworld it was actually pretty scary that scene Emily and William were talking downstairs as we see drips of water from the chandelier and then of course uh, William run a- upstairs and then we see Juliet ground on the bathtub Again, very, uh, very scary scene, very scary scene, very chilling scene, especially since we know that these things actually happen in the real world. In, in the present, William slowly begins to go insane and actually shoots Emily under the belief that she is a host sent by Ford as part of this crazy whatever game that he and Ford are playing uh he actually realized too late that she is uh, human william considers taking his own life he already pointed the gun on his head before he starts cutting open his own own arm to prove himself that he is human this was a tragic dramatic scene however i am still not sure if the grace who died is actually human or host and if william the william we are seeing now is actually a human or a host um again during the previous episode or two episodes ago he got shot multiple times and actually all other humans in the show and i observed this all the other humans in the show get shot one or you know three times max and then they die instantly william got shot multiple times and he of course survived I don't know if it happened in this episode, but when William was like really cutting his arm to find out if he was human or host, um, it Dolores actually saw uh, William uh, at like the middle of a of an open field, and uh, Dolores told her. Looks like someone's questioning the nature of his reality. Which is another cool uh, badass scene by Dolores. Anyway, in the Mesa, Charlotte's men managed to use Maeve's code to reprogram Clementine, allowing her to control other hosts. This was a fantastic foreshadowing scene, which we wouldn't really understand while watching it yet. It will, of course, be paid off really well in the final episode. Ford leaves a message for Maeve telling her he will keep or he will help her escape. Bernard escapes the mesa with Elsie but Ford continues to goad Bernard to kill Elsie to prevent her from betraying him in the future. Bernard deletes Ford from his mind and parts ways with Elsie leaving leaving her to be sort of alone on her own in in the theme park. And then uh, Bernard decided to continue on alone to the forge. This is the facility housing the guests' data in the valley beyond. By the way, all these terminologies can be confusing. Let us just remember that the cradle houses the data of the hosts and the the forge houses the data for the guests. So the cradle is the data of the hosts. The Forge is the data for the guests. Dolores and Teddy continue their journey to the valley, but Teddy tells Dolores that he cannot accept Dolores' actions and the way he was reprogrammed. And Teddy kills himself. And this is a great episode, but it will not be a happy experience for the audience. This episode started and ended with the tragedy. Uh, Of course, it started with the... With the tragedy of the flashback of William's wife dying and then William accidentally or maybe not accidentally but you know William killing her own his own daughter. And then we ended with Teddy killing himself because he could not accept the evil programming that Dolores gave to him. And then for this episode we get another TV ratings increase this week with 1. 1.5 1. from the 1.44 of the last episode. And uh, for the penultimate episode, Season 2, Episode 9, Jay's ratings is 90%. IMDB gave it a score of 8.8 out of 10, which is closer to what I gave. And surprisingly, Rotten Tomatoes gave quite a low score, actually. Maybe Rotten Tomatoes is not a fan of tragedies, you know. Uh, they're not a fan of shakespearean tragedies such as this episode rotten tomatoes gave it a score of 79 percent and now finally we go to the final episode of season two the finale of season two this is season westworld season two episode 10 the title is the passenger uh we have a very biblical scene where all the remaining hosts, including the Ghost Nation, who we presume is like enemies with a lot of these regular people, did a mass exodus from their homes and into the valley beyond to reach the door, which referenced the overall title of season two. It was a big scene wherein a crack opened from the ground up to the sky and beyond. Um, And then beyond the crack, Beyond the crack, you can actually see grasslands and mountains, and you know, this the sun is like it's like sun rising from the mountains. It seems uh everything is very peaceful beyond beyond the door. Dolores and Bernard enter and find the forge. This is, of course, a more advanced version of the cradle. They met Logan Delos, who is now running this place, or his consciousness is la- running this place, he explains to them something like the human mind can be summarized in a set of codes that could be kept in one, one thick book. Dolores reads some of the guest data as the forge opens the door for Akichita and his followers and the all the other hosts left to upload their minds into the sublime this is a digital world cut off from the physical world it's a sort of heaven created by humans for the for the mind of the dead hosts bernard killed dolores actually to prevent her from destroying the forge and uh, flees with elsie back to the mesa, and just just to clarify that a little bit because i i know it can get quite confusing um this is westworld by the way um so the forge is the the data that has the the data of the guests so this is like the psychological data of all all the the real human beings who were guests at at westworld and so Dolores wants to destroy all of this because Dolores does not want to have a way for humans to transfer their consciousness (laughs) into hosts' bodies. And so, Bernard actually kills Dolores. And so, that is the forge. The sublime is the consciousness. The sublime is the digital world where the consciousness of of the actual hosts... It's where their consciousness goes once they die. So, yeah, I just I just had to clarify that for all of you, my listeners, and also for myself. Because, again, this show can get really quite confusing. Another cool scene was when Charlotte and Elsie ran the Clementine Horsewoman towards the mass exodus. She is programmed to have uh, hosts around her kill each other. That's exactly what happened actually when when clementine who looked um again this actress is a great actress she has a very unique face and um having her act deadpan uh she looks very scary she looks like a zombie um and that's exactly what happened when charlotte or when when clementine on her host on her horse ran towards the other hosts who were having this mass exodus, they just started to kill each other. And so there was a great scene because it's like a time clock. And once once her horse reaches the group of Maeve and the others and her daughter, they're gonna, of course, kill each other. Charlotte Hale had a mic drop line in this episode, something like, this is the beauty of technology. You only need one horseman instead of four, which is a great line from Charlotte Hale. Anyway, Maeve and her group sacrificed themselves holding off the Dallas forces and um, holding off Clementine as well to ensure that Akichita and Maeve's daughter escape into the sublime. It was a beautiful scene. Her daughter finally recognized Maeve at the last minute. They even said, I love you to each other. Great ending to the storyline. Armistice, Hector, and Maeve died. But Maeve died smiling, actually. Bernard was shocked that Elsie worked with Charlotte. But she did not do that as a villain. She had no choice. Charlotte was the only boss left in the company. And so uh, when Elsie and Bernard were having conversation, Elsie actually froze all the motor functions of Bernard. However... Uh, They were like in the upper part of the mesa. And so even if Bernard's functions were frozen, he could still see what is happening below. Charlotte actually talked to Elsie. So Bernard is watching from above. Charlotte and Elsie were talking. Charlotte told Elsie that there's actually lots of opportunity here for you, Elsie, if you can keep quiet regarding the dead bodies. Elsie seems open to it, open to the opportunity that Charlotte seems to be opening. But Charlotte said something like, according to Elsie's file, which she read, she does not have the moral flexibility uh, for for something like this. It means that Elsie would do the right thing when she's actually pushed come to the edge. And so Charlotte shoots Elsie. And once again, in this scene, Charlotte, I believe she shot her like two or three times and then immediately Elsie is dead. And then, of course, I'm comparing this to the William uh, shot down scene a few episodes ago wherein he was shot like really multiple times, five, six, seven times, and then he's still alive. So again, um, at this point, I already sort of predicted that William is already a host. I just don't know when he became a host uh, from, being a, from being a regular human into a host. I don't know where in the timeline between seasons one and two, when did, when did William become a host? Bernard, despite having motor functions frozen, sees and remembers this murder, the murder of Charlotte uh, to Elsie. And so he actually built a host version of Charlotte who murders the real Charlotte and this is of course this is very mind blowing for me this was like a big uh sort of twist ending uh Dolores another twist is Dolores's mind is actually uploaded to this uh Charlotte host body and uh this is of course the biggest revelation of the season not Just Charlotte is already a host, but she is a host that has Dolores' mind in it. And of course, you know, that means this body now has Charlotte's mind and Dolores' mind and of course Wyatt's mind. Um, In the present, Dolores kills Strand and Bernard while transferring the host mind into the sublime uh, to a safer location before escaping. Charlotte had a very ominous uh, secret conversation with Ashley He said something like His task is always to keep an eye of the hosts inside the park Implying he knows about the hosts outside the park and And possibly he himself, Ashley himself Is a host all this time Charlotte then escapes back to the mainland along with five host pearls that she would use to rebuild Bernard and the original Dolores body knowing that he will oppose her and uh, plan to destroy or or that knowing that Bernard will oppose her in her plans to destroy humanity and hoping their resulting conflict will actually ensure the survival of the host i don't really understand that logic i did not understand that logic in the beginning why would dolores make an opposition that will make her life harder it's either the dumbest decision ever or something that is complete genius and let me explain that Dolores knows that she is evil and humans would hate her and they would do everything to destroy her. But having Bernard would give sympathy to the hosts and that they are, you know, with Bernard, humans will realize that uh, this host are another form of being who deserves life in this world. And Dolores, who is pretty smart and... Machiavellian knows that. She probably even knows that a large number of human beings would probably fight for the hosts, given that they have a symbol of sympathy and morality with Bernard. And so, of course, I'm presuming Dolores knows humans are fickle, but if you give them a cause to fight for, they would take that team all the way and fight for that cause until the end. And so now we have this situation wherein um, this is just my sort of prediction on the mindset of Dolores she is of course fighting for destroying the humanity and now we have this situation wherein we have Bernard who is a host but humans actually like Bernard and they sympathize with with him and presumably a sector of human beings would fight for the survival of the hosts and of course all in all that would be a very big help for the end game of dolores in a flash forward scene which is also the post credit scene william enters the forge to find it abandoned except for a host replica of emily actually this is not yet sure if the emily that we met at the post-credit scene is a host or maybe maybe she's even the real Emily. She's now the sort of um, the head corporate leader of this company. I mean, she's the only one left and she is the daughter of William. So, um, it would make sense that she would take over this company. Uh, And then, Emily, of course, tests William for fidelity, revealing that his consciousness has been implanted in a host body. All in all, I love this ending. It was a hopeful ending, and Maeve finally had her closure with her daughter. It's also going to be a pretty fun third season um, based on the finale of season two, as the hosts will now fight in the real world. It will definitely be crazy. Before we continue to the Jace ratings of episode 10 the final episode and also the js ratings for the entire season 2 of westworld um i would re- like to remind everyone again to please do support my podcast give us a five star rating on your favorite podcast platform and also the best way you can support us is please give us a direct donation via paypal this will be a very big help for us any amount would do And the PayPal donate link is in the description page of this episode. And so for the finale of Westworld Season 2, I'm giving it a Jace Ratings of 90%. IMDB gave it 8.8 out of 10, which is of course also close to, to my score. And surprisingly, Rotten Tomatoes, gave this one a low score a score of 7 uh, 79% which is which is again i find that pretty weird cuz like rotten tomatoes gave so far gave this entire season a lot of high grades and now suddenly we get, um uh, a low grade actually 79% in an otherwise pretty good episode anyway now we go to dj's ratings of the entire season two this is jay's ratings for the entire season two of westworld and so it was uh, it was just i just got the average of uh, all my scores from all the 10 episodes and also obviously i also did that for imdb um ign stopped scoring Westworld per episode presumably Um, I also got the score of Metacritic Because they have a score For the entire season 2 But they don't have the scores for each episode And of course Swat and Tomatoes And so now Jay's ratings for the entire Season 2 of Westworld is 85% IMDB uh, Is Gave it a score of 8 out of 10 Metacritic is always you know pretty strict they give a pretty low score in in everything actually Metacritic gave this season a score of 76 out of 100 and Rotten Tomatoes gave it a score of 91 percent the finale of Westworld season 3 is coming this Sunday May 3, 2020, and I will release my review of Westworld Season 3 as quickly as possible after uh, the episode aired on May 3. So be sure to subscribe and follow my podcast so that you would be updated once I release my Season 3 review for Westworld. Thank you once again for listening to this episode. See you on the next episode. I love you all. Bye-bye.